Hello, everybody. This is Tony Ruggiero, and you're listening to the Tour Coach Podcast, and I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule, whether you're driving to the golf course, driving to work, or you're sitting on an airplane and plugging in the Tour Coach Podcast. If you've been listening to us, you know, but if you haven't, these are the a collection of my conversations with players, teachers I know and respect are doing great things, uh, fitness experts, mental coaches, performance experts, all people that I hang out with, teach with, coach, and spend time with on my travels, whether it's from Mobile, Alabama, in my studio, down to the golf studio at Old Palm and the great members and the great staff that we have there where I coach and teach most of the time, or whether it's up at Bluebell in Philadelphia where I spend a little bit of time during the summer, or it's on the road at a live event or a Corn Ferry or a PGA Tour event. These are all authentic, real conversations. Really don't edit them down. You hear us exactly as we are, whether we're having fun laughing whether we're talking about something serious or we're just giving you our straight-up opinion on what we think about things in the world of golf. You're in the right place if you want to get better and you want to have some fun. You're listening to the Tour Coach. And, hey, if you like what you hear, there's lots of other content out there. We've really made an effort over the last the last year in particular to get more content out there for you as this stuff has grown beyond my belief. So you can follow us on Instagram at the Dew Sweeper or just check out our YouTube page. Just type in Tony and the Dew Sweepers and we put stuff up. We try to get it up most daily, which are scenes and selections of stuff going on in our daily teaching with one-on-one with individuals. You'll find tons of help tons of information and tons of things that could help all of you play better golf. And before we dive into the tour coach, I couldn't do it without our great sponsors. I tell you all the time, been so fortunate to have great sponsors and loyal people that we've been in business with and done stuff with for such a long time. Obviously, Shrixon and Cleveland Golf uh, and all of the folks there, whether it's Rodney, Mason, Noel, Eddie, or Chip, they're the very best. You can't forget Buick, GMC, in particular Mitch McConnell and the flo- folks there at McConnell Automotive. You got Vineyard Vines, Amber, and Ian, and all the folks, and Bushnell Golf. Uh, all of their support makes the tour coach and everywhere we go and everything we do for you possible. So check out all our content. Enjoy listening to this episode of The Tour Coach, and hopefully I'll see you on the tee somewhere soon. All right, so another one of our world-famous roundtables here near a hot tub, but we're not in it. (laughs) We had to have it. Anyways, at the Airbnb here for the uh, retreat in February, and this is one of the best houses we've ever had, people-wise. Jackson K., Morgan Hale, our boy Coop. So good to have Coop. And first time here at a retreat, and maybe ever. Has, has he been before? Luke got podcast. He's done podcasts plenty at golf camp. First time down here. Luke Guthrie, LG 2.0. Man, we, we had a blast. We had a blast. So, uh, anyways, Jackson, let's start us off with your observations. Go ahead. From today? Yeah, let's uh, tell you what you think. Yeah, and great. welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Tony. And, and congratulations on you. People that are listening to this may not know, but starting this week, there's going to be two extra Tour Coach podcasts during the week that are little 10-minute little minis, and they'll be combinations Called of... Called potties. What I call them potties. Full of knowledge. Absolutely <laughs> full. Full of knowledge. Uh, little minis. 
that Jackson and myself will rotate and alternate. And I know you taped one today. So, uh, anyways, I think we ought to have Morgan. We got big news coming in the near future about Morgan mm-hmm. Hale, too. I'm not going to talk about it. Could involve a job or me being the master of ceremonies. But it could involve something totally different. <laughs> 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 now to you, Jackson. This is going to be one of our most listened to. No, it was fun. We had uh, Kevin Sprecker and oh, yeah. Highfield. For, yeah, Ian, yeah. What, we have eight kids in town? Nine. Nine. Rotated them through three groups. Mm-hmm. 2.0, Coop, and Hack were on course doing situational short game stuff. Yep. And how to hit shots. Spreck and Highfield were doing practice. How to practice. Yeah, we did full swing with a couple putting stations. And uh, some fitness. And yeah, I led the fitness. fitness. Morgan did the instruction. <laughs> Coop, what's the topic today? The topic is listening and acknowledging and using the tips you're given. Instead of? Throwing them in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Frustrating today. Frustrating. Satisfaction every other time. Today, I learned what the ins and outs of teaching instructing is. Is when a, you give your information that's not paid attention to and literally neglected. And I saw it on the course. It's the only reason. They did some things today that they shouldn't have, and they knew it when they were doing it. And I'm glad it didn't work out for them. On a personal <laughs> level, but on, for me, you know, I'm new to this. I want my teaching to be good. But uh, I just, and maybe they were a little eager, and I think the close age groups got them a little competitive in a sense to where they weren't a group, which is understandable. But just want to say great kids just didn't listen well today, and it showed up in play, and it will continue to. Mm-hmm. So, T-ball. <laughs> J-ball. Oh, and they got this one time when I spoke up, just doing what Tony told me to do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got. But like, how often do you actually see that? Probably more often than not, right? Well, I mean, I, we're going to get to Guthrie here in a bit because I'm going to ask him if he thinks tour players are any better than the juniors. Oh, man. We might be the worst bunch. We're, That's honest. Right? I mean, yeah. and I think, and I'm going to pose this question to everybody, but I think – when you go on the golf course, even if you know you're supposed to be doing something and work on something, you'd rather be comfortable. And I think that so then you just you, you take those to kids and they're playing with other kids that they want to impress or they're and they're trying to impress us as coaches, certainly. And so, and we're and they're playing for that gift card, you know, and whatever. And so. Like, I think they try to go and be comfortable and do what they did, I think. Um, And then you fast forward that to tour players. And obviously, I've done this a while and watched you a bunch of times in tournaments and and a bunch of guys. And and, uh, I would say that the majority of the time, you gravitate back towards being comfortable with, with without knowledge and with knowledge. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's, it, and I don't think it's an intentional thing. I don't think you know. It's just what we do. It's what we do, right? 
But I got to give you credit. I saw you, what was it, maybe four, five, six weeks ago. Yeah. Came down here, you were playing the Monday. Jackson's better, right? And you left, and I remember calling Jackson, and I I said, you're not going to believe who came out, right? And he was like, who? I said, 2.0. And, and I said, uh, you know, I said, I told him what we did. And I was like, it was pure when you did it. We worked on hinging the club more up. Not and your hands not going out. And I think for people that are listening, you know, they get into the techie stuff. Like a lot of people try to make the club go up and they push the hands out, but then the club gets behind twist. He noticed that was wasting his energy in a sense Mm -hmm. and probably some width. Yeah, for sure. We worked on width today, but like I, anyways, fast forward that because I, I know how you are when you get on your own and I was back to doing what's comfortable. <laughs> unbelievably impressed good. how good it was. I said that Jack's like, man, like that backswing was pure. Yeah, that was good. And but you told me that you've really been working on the backswing, and you yeah. got it where you want it now, so you can move forward. Yeah, it's like I feel like it's probably all tour players, but for sure me, I'm like as hard headed as we as you get. I feel like you don't get really good at something without being a little hard headed and kind of run through a wall type person and it's like man when something's not working you know you need to stick to it and it's not that you don't try to stick to it but like you're fighting for results and it's it's different when you're in the middle of the season and you're standing on the tee and you gotta hit a good shot mm-hmm. i don't care how it gets there like i'm, I'm thinking short term and so the difference hard. is between thinking long term and short term right. yeah and it's hard to think long term in the middle of the year because there's realities to things but like that's true. Seasons just aren't that big right. either, and if the changes don't come into or fall in, it's kind of hard. It can snowball the wrong way. Trust is hard to crutch on. Just yeah. trust. It's it's probably it's probably very difficult with a short off season. But how much of that there is an off? There barely. A couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but like, how much of that too? Is when you get there, it's it, you think it's like a pressure thing, or do you think it's being under environment or circumstance that pushes you into seeing different lines and winds with trouble out there? When you kind of have to like work back to old tens- tendencies, just yeah. like what you're talking about with your setup stuff today. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like so, setup today, I tend to get further from it and kind of bend over a little too much, wow. and like, well, I was taught that way as a kid to be kind of pushed away, and I. So you had a I, strong grip, I think, as a kid, correct? Strong grip, so I turned. You fixed hard, that, but I was far from it. And I kind of went and got the ball. Yeah, I would say. So my body's kind of trained to do that. Mm-hmm. So standing a little closer and taller, but it looks great. But send a couple hosel rockets yeah. out there right but away. High balls. You <laughs> weren't nothing soft about it. You delivered the hosels. <laughs> you know, it didn't feel good. Being fortunate enough to be around golf, around some of the best like you, what I've seen is there's very little success without struggle. I mean, very little. Like I've seen guys hit rock bottom, and then before you know it, they're on the leaderboard and they win. They win. Coop, what's the difference? between when they're on the bottom like and on the top? How big is the difference? Is it a lot? The, the difference is expectations. I mean, knowing when you step on the tee that you don't expect much out of yourself is probably a comfortable spot to be in. I wouldn't know, but 
Is that right, Luke? I mean, oh, expectations, everything. Yeah. yeah. If you, if you, I was kind of saying earlier, I took, well, I missed second stage and I took like three weeks off, just kind of a oh, TO. And I like came back to, got an invite to go play a nice golf course. And it's like, I don't know if I'm going to shoot. Went out and shot like 64, yeah. the smoothest rounds, it's like zero expectation. expectation. Thought I might slice it off the planet on the first hole, but it's just striped all day long. So it's if like, you were okay. taking on a new project and came to Tony and said, you know, we might have to start from scratch, but this is what I got to do. Do you have the trust and the will where you trust Tony for it to work out in the future? Like, yes, it's just like it's like <laughs> the hey, years. You gotta, you gotta believe that what you're doing is right. If I, I came out of college playing really good, and like I feel like I really sucked when I got to college, or like I was really good. I came in, had some issues, and I had to work through them until I didn't really see really start playing well until junior year, and it was all these really yeah. So I didn't win until junior year. I started showing promise as far as like hitting the ball sophomore year. And what was like, your first win in college? Uh, it would have been a fall my junior year. It was like Jack Nicholas invite. It was Scioto. Scioto. Hard golf course. Hard golf yeah. course. I was playing legit. Yeah, won proud. seven times the last two years. So it like clicked. Yeah. But there were so many moments leading up to that of just not being able to do the move and what I was trying to change, then being able to do it on range, then doing it mm-hmm. for three holes and qualifying that. So what's your mindset when you're struggling like that? Just that it's going to work? It's going to work, and you just got to put the work in. You doing just the right thing. start seeing those glimmers, like, oh, that was it. And yeah. then you start doing it, and then you have a shot that has to happen, or whether it's uncomfortable, wind off the left, water left, whatever it is, and you don't do it, but you're doing it on the range, and it's just all these moments start piling <clears> up, <throat> and then you're this confident player. I came out of college, like, polished and confident. Right. And it's like, but it was kind of a three-year process of getting to there. And I think mm-hmm. that's the hardest part is... It's giving that time. It's getting... How do you do that in like maybe three months in an off-season? Well, as a coach, right. I can tell you that the toughest and the hardest job and the one I hate the most is the player that... Every every day, it's based on how they hit it that day, and they want you to tell them something different to fix the last ball. Like it's not a big picture. Never, you know, I've worked with like a, that. I, huh? Was I a little like that? Not the worst. Not the worst. Not the worst. Not the worst. But I read. You know, I work. I work with a lady professional, and like, but it's it's like you can't. You know, like, well, I I want. I need something different every day, whatever. Like that's, but that's not how people get better. I mean, that's right? That's band aids. It's never going to work. And I, I really don't want to be involved in a with a player and in a situation where we're not working towards something. I don't want it. I don't want to be judged every day. Like, oh, you got to come up with some new shit every day. I mean, let's face it. Some days I'm not very good too, right? You know, like you, you got to have a big picture and you got to have. And, and you for sure were. I mean, you what you said five minutes ago though about in the season and the immediate ramifications of Noah and you got a wife, you got a kid now too, or like, and you got to make a cut and you're trying to like, like a hundred percent that off. I mean, right? But you did. You never were like. You didn't never go. You didn't never go out. We work one day, and the next day you'd call me and you'd be like, or text me and be like, 
So I tried this today, and it'd be something totally 100% acid. Moon dates in golf turn into infected wounds. Wow, Coop. They do. <laughs> Whoa. There's no band <laughs> if you play professional golf. golf. No band. You Write that to. down. That's the title of this podcast. <laughs> I'm just being honest. You have to. You can't fake it against guys like this. You cannot fake it. you got to be good. A situation will show up. You'll get exposed. Right, it'll expose we got to get Morgan in this. Yeah, you just can't band-aid a golf swing out of there. You might be able to for an hour, but in an hour and two minutes it's going to show up. It will show back up. But I think that what Tony does is puts what he teaches in Morgan. The guys trust you. They trust you and know that it's a plan. Well, I think I think the guys I've had the most success with um, and had really good years with, you know, I look at the people that I had, like I had, would say your best years, right? Right. And you could look. I'm sure you've got that caddy, and right, you say, hey, these years is what we're like. Like Lucas in 2019 Tour Championship, I thought, but like I thought, man, like everybody was all in, and like for sure he believed what we were and doing, right? We got 100 dedication, out. right? And I thought Smiley, man, I'm so bad with years, but the year he won in Vegas. And, you know, was in the final group at the Masters, man, like, I've, I've told lots of people this, like, it would, it was, it'd be hard to find a person that was a better student at that point, right? right? Like, he'd drive to see you, yep. and you guys would, we would work, and man, like, he was, he was and he was on the same shit all the time, and then the other one I would bring up when it comes to that would be like Robbie Shelton, when he was in college, he was the best student I'd ever had. Like, I, you could see him once, and you could see him two and a half months later, and you'd say, "What are you working on?" And it would be word for word exactly what he's doing. And I think that's why he was such a great college player, and he's obviously a great player. But that's why I think he had so much success. I would say he's veered off that a little bit as a professional, but I think that's pretty easy to do out there. I mean, I think that's busy, busy, right? How hard is it to stay? How hard is it when you're playing when you start to play shitty? To not start having rabbit ears and listen to everybody. Totally, you see. And then we got to ask Coop, what's the worst shit you've heard on a range from a teacher? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to give names. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to think about that. One. <laughs> Let's give you a little time. Was I there? <laughs> okay. You were not. <laughs> I, I, I think the hardest thing is when you start struggling a little bit is you compare your, it's the best players in the world. So if I, if you're struggling with your putting, you're struggling with your short game, long game, it's not like you go to the guy that struggles in a hundredth on tour in that category. You go next to the guy that's best at it. And so you're kind of like looking at him. Wow. I suck at this. I remember being on a range at colonial and this one, I was playing really good. And I was not a great long iron player, not a great three wood player, hitting next to Adam Scott. And how like, many I'm long saying, irons you got to hit at Colonial? That's what I'm saying. And like, <laughs> I'm like, and I, I made some like borderline changes trying to get better, right? Based on how shallow he was, and just every three wood was so flush, and I was a pretty steep player, and I hit these spinny three woods. They weren't very Colonial good. Was not a place for you. Never will be when it's firm. Yeah. So, but like, <laughs> it really I, is. I didn't go. I went to probably the best player doing that. I've seen a, I've seen steep players at Colonial. Yeah, 
you know, struggle. Yeah. And it's, I think it's the, the contact. Like mm-hmm. The club bounces a little bit. Uh, they were I did. I would love the course, but I never like right, never play that well. It's not my fault. Okay. okay, go ahead, Coop. Worst advice you've heard given to a player on the range by a teacher at a tour event? How'd that feel? Good. Look good. Trust it. That made no sense to me. <laughs> I'm using that next time. I, you, we watch Guthrie hit balls strong. How'd that feel? Look good? Trust it. Trust it. What look good, feel good? Trust it. It, it looked good. It felt good. It looked good. We'll trust it. What did I do? You got to know what you're doing. But today, the way you explained to me what you were doing made me understand that you know, it's time. It's a process. Yeah, it's, something, it's something. starting to build. Like... I, it feels like we were work, working on this backswing, committed to it, and there's things I want to work on in my downswing, but it's step one. And until this backswing's kind of stamped yeah, in place, yeah. I shouldn't even move on. So it feels – I also don't have any status right now. So right. there's not so a tournament yeah. next week that I'm kind of desperate to, like, get feeling mm-hmm. really good and feeling like I can win. So I feel like I got the time to build this thing. Mm-hmm. Build right. it correct. It's like being a red shirt freshman. Yeah, you know, in a sense, you got time to get better. So, yeah. yeah. So, I think it's interesting. Like where I'm going is the art of coaching behind this, mm-hmm. right? And obviously, figuring it out for each player. But the time aspect is very different for each person, right? And like if you're working with a guy, so literally, I, this is a text from today at 4:21 from a member at Atlantic Beach. Mm-hmm. Small breakthrough, whatever. Shot 91 yesterday. Went back on the range. Uh, watched some of our videos. Remember what you'd said, that good players stick with what they're working on. Just played nine with Amy. Shot a 37 with a double. You got to do better coaching on that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Could have been 35. But, like. his <laughs> like, this guy had. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have your wife as your right. Exactly. Ooh, that'd be torture. You've done that. Have you? I have done that. How was well, that? Yeah, we did good. A full year. Yeah, but well, you guys are different than most couples. I know. We're I mean, adorable, Jackson, aren't we? too. I mean, they're different. I gave her she veto power. She didn't want any, any piece of anything. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> She called me off one shot. I told her, like, hey, if I ever, <laughs> I ever, yeah. But Caitlin was, like, was a good I'm player. A, yeah, she was a college player. Yeah. One player. And I was like, I'm going to talk okay. out loud. She's like, I don't want to get your yardage. I'm like, okay, I'll get them. I'm going to talk out loud through my shot. If I say something that sounds really stupid and I look committed, please stop me. Right. She stopped me one time. I, like, had a bad yardage, and I just, like, made up a number in my head, and I was about to sail it over the green. And she's like, no, that ain't right. You said this, like, it's not that number. And I was like. Wow, you're right. I was better to hit like an eight iron clear over the green. You're paying attention. Yeah. Wow. So. Impressive. Mm. Way to go, White. <laughs> All over it. All right. So for coaching T, mm-hmm. how do you rein people back in? Because you're 
you're very good at that. He never teaches the same thing. Whoever comes in there, it's always. I mean, I have seen guys go to one thing. You know, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. I don't care if you're an octopus and have eight arms. You do this. Well, what am I going to do with the other six arms? You know, I'm not like the squid over there. You know, it's like he teaches individual their swing, mm-hmm. takes advantage of what they can do well, and tries to pull out what they don't do well. It's fun watching him. Rain, like when people, I'm here, people. When people do get sidetracked, getting them back in. So, how do you do that? Do what? How do you rein people back in? Because you're good at it. I mean, I just think. Uh, okay, so on the PGA Tour level, I think, and I'm gonna give the man across the table some. Like when you have a real good relationship with a caddy, it makes it a huge. Because, like, they don't really ever I've, – I've had players go off the rails in a practice session with no caddy, like, well, you're not at a tournament. But it isn't as – like, it's not as tense, right? right. Um, but, like, most of the time that happens. It's at a tournament with something going on, right? Like, if you have a really good caddy, um, and I've been around some really good ones, I think, like, uh, obviously, I mean, it's the reason he's sitting here. Coop's one of my favorite human beings and caddies and whatever – and I just think the world of him and we worked great together. It's like, I, I always felt like I could read him and he could read me. And like, I could always just like, sometimes he'd just give me this look like, and I knew I needed to say something. And there were times I could give him a look and I swear to God, he'd be like, Oh, I lost a golf ball. <laughs> I mean, like some shit like that. Or he'd go, you know, Oh, Tiffany, just, you know, whatever. Right? Like, right. Like we just kind of knew. And so, uh, but been around a bunch of them. I mean, smiley, uh, um, you know, smiley had some great ones. John Yarborough, right? Like he was great guy. And, and Aaron, Aaron, his first caddy, right? Uh, that got he hadn't caddy long. Hadn't caddy, but like man, like in a he, and what did well, I'm on the corn ferry and all that. Aaron uh, uh, handled some really good situations. Yeah, man, like him winning and everything happened so fast. Like so, I think I always called him Buffalo Looper. He was from Buffalo and he was a big sports guy. But uh, anyways, like like great caddy, like Buffalo Looper and I had a great rapport for a while. Like we're you know, he could tell me things. I could tell him things. So I think, I think, man, on the tour level, you know, I think that's a big, I think that's a big deal. Because you get an honest answer from right, and you know, most pros are just they're so humble, and you know, they really are. They're going to tell you, you know, I just suck or something like that. And if you tell yourself that you suck, you well, the tour player always to me always goes the like it's like I just hit it bad. Or I just had made a bad swing there. And the caddy will be like, well, I mean, he didn't hit the best shot, but it was blowing 20 left to right, and it was this, and he did get, a, you know, or whatever, right? Like, it, or, you know, a true picture. Right. You know, I think, so that's what I think. Like but, today with the kids, we were, they'd hit a shot, and they would be, like, just so upset. And I'm like, what are you upset about now? And they would go, I pulled it, or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you're within tour average, and you're 12. <laughs> <laughs> and you're pissed off. I love it, but ease up. <laughs> you know, it's golf is harder than you think. And we gave them situations that weren't easy. 
You know, it was difficult situations, and they would You're hit it. You're throwing a 50-yard bunker shot. I threw a 50-yard like, almost like pro front <laughs> pin with all cover on their asses. <laughs> <laughs> we had plug bunker shots, 50 yard bunker shots. <laughs> we had downhill. Bird's nest lies in the rough. I'm just like, good grief. I'm barely hitting the green from these places. I feel it. In the morning, we get to go out for a little bit. We're going straight to the fairway bunker. Oh. Give him a good lesson. Oh. <laughs> this is only I'm teaching Tony's teachings. If I'm just carrying on. The gleam in your eyes right now. You look excited. You know how many times you know how many times as a caddy Coop has told me on Tuesday going into the Wednesday practice round. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. We need to hit some fairway bunker shots. <laughs> we hadn't hit a fairway bunker shot. I'll Perfectly be. Off a downhill <laughs> I think there are things that are done in the bunker that. If Lucas is listening to this, he's going to so know it's about it. <laughs> he he got better, <laughs> and it wasn't because of me. It was just because of him. You know, practicing. That's hard to make yourself go do something. That's hard. Let's go hit some fairway bunkers. You know, I have simple thoughts. I'm a simple man. If you dig your feet down two inches in dirt and do not choke up on the club and you hit it fat, don't say, why did I hit it fat? (laughs) What? (laughs) That's pretty simple. Choke up on the club and take one more, mate. (laughs) Okay. Sorry, my tooth. Look, we're getting close to the end of this one. We could wrap this up and start another one. What about for your average Joe or your junior? <laughs> right. How do you rein them in? What's the first thing that you get? Choke up. <laughs> I tell them to choke up. What's the first thing? Like, how do you figure out the first thing you're going to say to someone? Can I answer my own question? I think. I think what I've learned from T is you have to, like, hear them, like, talk about what they're trying to do or feeling and help them paint the picture. Like, you don't give them the picture because then they, they can't see it. Correct, because then they can't buy into it when they go into the range or they're doing it on their own on the golf course. Like, I need, I'm best if I, not that I think it's my idea, but, like, it's, like, I need to have owner better when you think it's your idea. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Did you get that on <laughs> I'm guilty. Oh man. But no, like you need to 
for me, the biggest moment, if I'm on the 72nd hole, I'm at Pebble, and I want to cut one off the ocean, I want to know it's coming back. I need to freaking own that thing and, like, believe what we're talking about and, like, really understand it. And it might come back to that moment where it comes out of your mouth what you're trying to do, and it's, like, validation of everything. Can we hear from Morgan? Like, what is your first? So you get an amateur that's just an average player. Like, it seems to me like the first thing you say can either make them leave or kind of lasso them. Let's give Coop the MVP for this podcast. <laughs> asking a serious question, Mark. I wouldn't know what to open up with. It'd probably be that, yeah, you're pretty good, but something wrong. <laughs> you could just say, yeah, you're pretty. <laughs> that might scare him off, too, though. I know. I mean, I think it goes back to, you know, learning under T and, you know, some of the teachers he's put me around and, you know, just. Trusting what you do. Trusting what I do, but getting to know the player as an individual and, you know, what they are thinking, what they're trying to do in the swing, you know, their so goals. the decision of your, is pretty much based on studying the student. Yes, I think you spend, a, you know, the first few minutes of each yeah. lesson. I mean, I do talking to them and, and asking I, questions. You didn't, you be doing your job. Right. And I think every teacher's personality is different. And the things that they can say or they could get away with or that they could do, like things I say, like Mark Blackburn might would never say or right. get away, right? And like things that, that really? <laughs> shocker, <laughs> but like uh, things that got quiet, things that uh, things, or, but like or things JP Justin Parsons or things that uh, Dana Dahlquist or whatever would say, like you know everybody's different, right? So I think you got to figure out. What's in the, what's in your per, you know like what your personality is? It's got to fit like you know. I mean, I don't know if y'all know, but like normally when things start to go astray, I turn the attention away from golf and I talk mm-hmm. slower and I do I act slower. I normally control the golf ball coming to you like I always have to pull it out of my pocket, right? Right. Instead of it just being there, like everything to slow, <clears throat> to slow the situation down. And I'll, you know, I'll normally like lucky enough, I can crack a little bit of a joke and like, I'll, you know, I'll make a joke. I'll be, I, I normally am self-deprecating. I'll say something, you know, whatever like that, that takes the attention away from them and slows them down. I can, I can attest to that. I can think back to when I get fiery and, in <laughs> sessions sometimes i could be the guy you're referencing that had a fiery <laughs> not at a golf tournament Maybe. but yeah. no but i can like now thinking back i've never thought of it but like you'll like kind of stand over the golf ball or something and kind of like slowly set up another one when i'm like a little frustrated and you're probably vibing it or kind of move a training aid or something and i would almost i'd never say anything but i'm kind of thinking get out of the dang way i want to hit the shot but I don't say it, and by the time like three more seconds pass, you're calm. Let's go back to Morgan. I just like her voice. Oh my gosh, I mean, she's the voice of the Dew Sweepers. She's kind of oh, and the logo, and the yeah. logo. Matter of fact, she's almost everything. <laughs> like I said, I mean, we got big plans for. Her. Hey, she's gonna do good things. We're pumped. We're pumped. Kudos to Morgan too. I mean, been doing a heck of a job. So, Jackson, tell you what, we've had a big time this session. Let's do another one. All right, we're going to do another one. So, 
let's give them some more. So, all right, we uh, appreciate everybody listening, but stay tuned for uh, episode part two, episode part two, part two of what was the let's do it in three D. Part two in three D. There you go. Uh, Band aids what? Band aids make infected wounds. Band aids make infected wounds. Part two. want to remind everybody something that i forgot uh recently a couple weeks ago my wife and i went out we went to a wedding and afterwards with some friends we we're like hey where's a great place to go i'll be honest like in my travels and day to day sometimes i get caught up and i forget some of the great places right around the corner but i gotta remind you about the ice box bar on 755 monroe street I was blown away by just the whole vibe, the atmosphere, and with the Velvet Pig, the food in the back room, and the big screen TVs up front. We sat there and watched some playoff games. I was blown away by the atmosphere, the vibe, and just how cool it was to have the Icebox Bar right here near Dew Sweepers downtown, near where I live. You're looking for a great place to go sit, watch some games, hang out, play some pool. You got to go to the Icebox Bar right there on Monroe Street. There's a good chance you'll see all of us hanging out. Do yourself a favor. Go visit the Icebox. It's one of the best places out there. Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero. And look, recently, several teachers I know and several players have had some scares with skin cancer. In fact, I recently went and saw a dermatologist here in town, and I had a couple things frozen off, eyelid, my face, my earlobe, and not getting any younger. And I know I know it's getting to that time of the season where it's cooler, but look, being in the sun is a real deal, and I've not been very good, to be totally honest, my whole career at using it at all because I didn't like how greasy it was, how hard it was to get off your hands, how it clogged up my pores. And then I found this sunscreen, Visor Skin Care. It's clear. It goes on. It doesn't dry you out. It isn't greasy. It's like you didn't put anything on. By far, it's the best sunscreen I've ever used. Without a doubt, is the easiest to use. And we've got a discount code for all of you. All you have to do is go to VisorSkinCare.com. Is use our code word DoSweeper. VisorSkinCare.com. Code word DoSweeper.